Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. <laughs> I'll be okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll be okay. Anyway, welcome to Desperate House Witches. If this is your first time listening, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So if bodily functions, bad language, dirty talk, and any of that might bother you, this might not be the show for you, but I hope it is anyway. Uh, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredible one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And if you need Dorothy's products shipped overseas, check out theangrycauldron.com. All right. My guest for the hour is Kate Fruler, author of, of Blood and Bones, Working with Shadow Magic and the Dark Moon, and also proprietress of White Moon Witchcraft on Etsy. So check that out as well. Hey, Kate. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. So um, let's get right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you wind up on the path you're on? Well, um, honestly, I stumbled onto it pretty independently and by accident. It seemed to happen pretty naturally. Um, I uh, grew up in a small town in Ontario, Canada, and, um, you know, I, for some reason from a very young age, was interested in anything spiritual, spooky, strange, unusual. I just loved that stuff and so from probably around the age of 11 maybe even younger and onward I kind of leaned that way um and as you know my life progressed I started researching and finding books sometimes not the right books (laughs) sometimes good ones and eventually (laughs) you know I I found learned you know in the 90s there was the boom of um more publicly available witchcraft information and that's when I really started to understand witchcraft and what I was doing and from there I uh now I'm here I'm still doing it (laughs) all these years later so I guess like for over 25 years wow yeah that's a long time you know you say that that number and it's like gee that seems like a long time but I mean and it is but it isn't because you're you know I mean and I hate to do this, but she's stunning, so I, like, have to give her a compliment because she's gorgeous. You're gorgeous. And you Aww, look like you're you. 25 in total. So I was, I'm was, kind of surprised to hear you've been doing anything for 25 years. So there's that. Well, no, you know what that is? That is that's filters on Instagram and nice angles on a on a phone. That's all that is. I'm 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 42. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Mm-mm. Trust me, she's she's making a lot of nonsense with that filter stuff. 
forget it. Anyway, on to the actual information as we as we go. So you wrote this book of Blood and Bones, and it's and it says very specifically in the title, "Working with Shadow Magic of the Dark Moon." So okay, this is your first book, is it not? Yes, it is. Okay, and so you went, like, right for, like, all the meat and bones right there. It's like, oh, I'm not doing anything else right now. We're going straight to the hard stuff. Because I always, whenever I think of shadow magic, I think of, oh, I'm going to dredge up some stuff that I don't want to deal with. And it's going to be hard and painful. And you're all like, oh, yeah, we're going hard, we're going painful. If it's necessary, we're going to dig it out and clean it up. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, I you know, say. I feel like I, I feel like um, there there's already a lot of books around about like you know the the lighter side of things and the positive side of things. And there's of course lots of 101 books. Um, and this book came about kind of accidentally. Like it started off as journal entries as I made sense of kind of like dark periods in my own life. And as I gathered more and more information and practiced my witchcraft alongside it, I was like, huh, I'm going to compile this and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to write a book. And that's what happened. (laughs) Well, I love the fact that you, you don't go over it from a thousand mile above point of view. You kind of like say, not only are we getting into the, the heart of it, I'm going to show you rituals. I'm going to show you ways to interpret. Like your interpretation, your dream interpretation, your dark moon dream interpretation, sorry. Um, it's just like the way you extrapolate out how to interpret what's going on in your psyche and try to reckon it out, I thought was really, really brilliant. Um, because I've been had like during the last dark moon, which was recently, I had a lot of dreams about doors opening and closing, and oh, saying goodbye to. Yeah, and I was saying goodbye to a man, in who who used to be in my life hasn't been in my life in quite some time, but like these doors kept opening. I mean, all my dreams were about doors opening and closing, and it was really kind of crazy, and you know while I was looking at your book, I'm like, okay, so I need to put what do doors mean, you know, entering, leaving, you know, what does the man represent? I mean, it really, and this is just a tiny part of this book, but for me, it was so useful to to use that to extrapolate it out, and interestingly enough, that person, a person connected to that person, and I talked this morning and haven't talked in over 10 years. So it's been really freaky. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. like um, when it comes to dream interpretation, you can, like there's lots of books you can read, and this symbolizes that, and they tell you what they mean. But really, it comes down to what it means to the person having the dream, right? So what a door means to you, it may be different to someone else. So you really have to connect with your own feelings about things and your dreams. And when, once you do that, they, they make a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's why I really, I really like what you did because it doesn't just say, this is what this means. And this is what it means across the board, which a lot of, while other books don't necessarily say that, they infer it. 
And it's like, no, you actually have to put your own process behind it and who you are, which I think personalizes it and makes it much more real and much more applicable. Like if there's a message in a dream like that, you can extrapolate it out and maybe get some clues as to what's coming on because it is about interpreting things that are, are going to happen. And I just thought that was really cool. But the other thing I like that you do is you put actual, um, not spells so much. I mean, you, you put in, you know, spells and, and you talk about all kinds of different aspects of, of shadow work and shadow things. I think it's very expansive, but I wanted to talk to you about how to gather certain materials that may or may not be accessible because when you say of blood and bones, that's exactly what you mean, you know. It's like, yeah, bones, blood, how to, you know, what to do with these items. Do you ever, like, get a lot of heat for that? Because I'm not assuming that you actually – have done everything in the book, but maybe you have, maybe I'm wrong. Let me know. Well, um, some of them, uh, some things I have done, other things were examples of how. Um, When it comes to gathering something like bones, um, I I try to make it really clear, like, please don't, don't ever hurt anything or anyone while gathering materials. You know what I mean? Please don't. Right. Um, Right. I have done, you know, when I find an animal that has died of natural causes, I have, um, like, cleaned bones and things. Um, so that's uh-huh. something I can do. If you, But that, not everybody can, right? If you live in an urban area, how are you going to do that? Or if your apartment right. is small, you don't want to bring that inside and, you know, follow there's instructions yeah. in the book for bone cleaning that you wouldn't want to do in an apartment. Um, right. So you, uh, I haven't gotten flack about it I was a little worried I might I was worried that mm-hmm. there might be people who think that I I am saying like go hurt something and take their body parts or something and I, I was worried about that um, oh no that's now that's, it doesn't it doesn't in any way I don't think the book in any way alludes to that at all I think I think you did it very well and very cautiously because I think you put a lot of you put a lot, obviously put a lot of thought into what you were saying because you didn't want to give license to things that, that are just not cool. So I think you did a great job. I just want folks who are listening to understand who haven't yeah. gotten the book yet, you know. Well, and if, um, if you don't have, like if you don't live in sort of a rural area where you would naturally find animals um, that have expired on their own in nature, you can purchase like I mean, that's the beauty of the internet. You can you can buy anything, um, but you may want yeah. to take into consideration where they came from. So you can ask the seller where they came from. Usually, I I think some of them are quite honest. You just have to kind of use your own judgment in 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 that regard. And of course, there's always replacements for each type of bone you could use or anything like that. If you are not into it, there are plenty of plant replacements. Um, wood and stone and herbs and there's there's always an alternative as well. Mm-hmm. That which is great. There's always an earth-based substitute if you don't have access, which is great. Because I'm in a city, and you know while I may occasionally see um, something that's expired, it's not very often. And 
by the time I would see it, it would be like well past a point of being able to do anything worthwhile. So, yeah, I, I very much appreciate that there are substitutes. But um, tell folks what your interpretation of, of shadow work actually is, because I find sometimes it's a little bit different depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, well, for me, shadow work is basically, it encompasses kind of like all the dirty work of witchcraft, the unpleasant parts, <laughs> like you said, the things you're like, oh, now I'm going to have to face this thing and deal with it. Mm-hmm. So kind of <laughs> shadow work for me is looking at yourself and dealing with your own bullshit and just facing yourself and being like brutally honest about what's going on in your life, your connections to other people, um, yep. analyzing your own intentions, say. Like, um, say say you want to you wanna curse people or that sort of thing. You really need to think about why. Like, is it is it all about you? Why don't you like this person? And work on that first. And I mean, that's kind of said a lot. Um, shadow work is also like the theme of the book being the dark moon. So the cycles of the moon in nature are also reflected in our lives, right? So we go through periods yeah. of growth and flourishing and waning, and then we have dark periods. So during these dark periods, mm-hmm. which can include, you know, like endings and loss and breakups and terrible things. That's when all of our hard feelings are stirred up, right? And that's when you need to deal with those things. That's your shadow work. And it can be hard, but once you go through these, like a dark period, you're able to grow better. Like, you know, death and rebirth are two sides of the same coin. So when something ends, it's for a reason. It's for growth. It's so that you're on to the next thing. It's just that liminal space between the things can be very hard. (laughs) And that's where your shadow work happens. Yeah, and it keeps, you know, the theme of shadow work keeps coming up in my life. Like Like the last 8 to 12 weeks, I don't know why this specific time period but it just seems like the last few months, everything is like, okay, you have to deal with your motivations. Okay, you have to deal with things that are no longer functional in your life, and you have to start thinking about getting, you know, terminating certain things, and it's been really hard for me. And I'm just, I feel so lucky that, you know, you're on with me to talk about this because it's something that just recently has been throwing itself in my face because yeah. if you don't deal with it, you know, like I've, this is something like I've been going through a thing for a number of years now, but it's only recently that it's really come to a head where it's like, okay, bullshit over what you going to do. And it's, it's caused me to like do some really hard self-examination and it's, it's been tough. It's not resolved. I'm still yeah. dealing with my shit. And then, you yeah. know, like yesterday morning, I got more shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, more crap is it, coming. Okay. <laughs> it does tend to kind of feel like it comes all at once. I mean, that is true. That seems like, you know, it starts to happen and then it's just a rolling stone. That's like, all right, one thing after another. And, you know, it, it's, 
it sounds to me like you're having your life is cycling through like a, a dark moon current period, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, you know, and, it and, and it sucks and it's hard. I mean, especially I think a lot of people with um, COVID and everything have kind of been forced into that because of like social yeah. isolation and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it is hard, but don't mm-hmm. shun your shadow. I know you can do it. It's scary and it's awful, but no, I, you can do it. I know, but I don't have, and just, you know, sometimes, you know, during most of our lives, I think there's a certain amount of shelving the bullshit. It's like, I'll get to that later. But apparently this is the time where I'm not able to escape the things I need to deal with. And I don't know why this is the particular moment. Like I know a lot of folks have gone through some really difficult times during COVID loss of income, loss of social life, loss of, you know, spiritual life in the sense of being with other people in a group. But not much of my life has changed. I'm solitary, so that aspect hasn't changed, and I'm an essential worker, so I I haven't missed a day of work because of it. So my life has pretty much continued on to some regard normally, but it does, you don't escape the shadow work. You just don't. You can shelve it for as long as you can until it all floods up at the same point. It's probably easier to deal with it as it comes, and I admit that I have shelved shit for years that I have not dealt with. So, yeah, I mean, it happens when it happens, and that's why I'm so grateful, like, folks like you and other folks who've written books about shadow work are willing to come on and talk to me about this because yeah, I'm having a hard time. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going through some stuff, but, but it's cool because I'm going to come out on the other side. I know I am one way or another. And it's kind of, it's comforting to know that you're there like with this book that I can reference and, and say, okay, you know, try this, try this, try this. There's, there's options of, how to deal with it, which is great. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, because shadow work keeps coming up so much these days, is this, so this must really be like an, a fantastic time in some regards to do this kind of work because you have the time necessary. Is that why it's all coming up now? I feel like that could have some a lot to do with it. Um, uh, um, people are... Like because right now people are have, being forced to face a lot of things that they're like, oh, I was really hoping to avoid that, but with the circumstances going on right now, here it all is, yeah. right? Um, I also think that in terms of like um, witchcraft and people learning about witchcraft, it's kind of come to a point where people are like searching for more in terms of um, they're like, okay, so I've learned all of the the basics, but what about, what about if I have terrible feelings, what do I do with that? Like a lot of, there's not a lot of resources that say, okay, if you have anger and hatred, you're feeling hatred. And what do you do with that in terms of witchcraft? A lot of resources don't address that. It's just told, oh no, bad feelings are bad. Don't have them. You know, don't feel hatred. Don't feel angry. But I, I don't think that's healthy. And I think a lot of other people don't think so either. So they're kind of like, okay, what about that? And so that's given rise to to shadow work becoming more um, prevalent, I think. And I think that's great because, you know, back in my day, and I'm, I'm a bit older than you, um, 
in my day we had like two hands like a handful and a half of writers you know i mean i was coming up in the 70s late 70s early 80s and and you know you had mentioned at one point that you know, there weren't necessarily as many resources for you as there are now before you there were even fewer resources so yeah, I'm you sure. know and it was all it was all like practical spell casting it was basics of doing witchcraft as opposed to the witch themselves, which right. I think we were missing a lot of the things we needed to become not just quote-unquote um, well-crafted witches, but whole people because, you know, it's it's great. Oh, okay, you can you can do this, you can do that. But if you're not doing it from a space of being a whole person or being severely damaged, um, you know, it's it, this is necessary to, to help with the whole person as opposed to just being in the craft and spell casting or, you know, ceremonial magic or, you know, just honoring or worshiping deity or, you know, being part of nature. This is like also part of the whole person. And I think it's, it's needed to be addressed, but I didn't know it needed to be addressed until it smacked me in the face. Like things often yeah. do. So, so yeah. I'm glad, you know, cause, cause young witches are always told, you know, well, you know, be, be a good witch, you know, don't, don't do ill, harm it none and all of that. And people forget where that came from. And there's more yeah, to I, it than that, true. you know. You know, and what I really love about the younger generation of, of witches coming up now is that they're like, no, 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 no. They're, it's like they're, they're, they, they kind of say, well, no, that doesn't make sense. Like they're, they're very wise in that way and that they're like, they kind of demand more. They want to know more. Yeah. And um, I like it. I think they're brilliant. A lot of people, I, I, there's sort of sometimes people say bad things about beginner witches or they gatekeep or they're like, you know, dismiss their opinions. But I think younger witches have a lot to offer. <laughs> like, they're very wise in ways oh, that aren't, like, I didn't know about. You know, they're new and different. Me, absolutely. And, you know, I so agree with that. Because as an older witch, some people would say a boomer witch because I was born in 61. Um you know, you get a bad rap just for being old, and I see sometimes young people get a bad rap just for being young, which is bullshit on both ends. But yeah, it goes both the ways. The fact of the matter is, yeah, you know, but back when I was, you know, first learning stuff, it was all about, you know, coming from a damaged background. It's like, ah, a place where people accept me. And that's, you know, that makes it very appealing um, from a – emotional from an emotional standpoint where you feel accepted and you know you're learning this thing but it's not addressing the shit you've been through or the shit you need to work through that even got you there in the first place so I find that fascinating and the fact that you know younger witches are writing books about the entirety of being a witch even if it is just from their perspective, that's not stuff we had or that I had when I was coming into it. You know, all all my stuff was cookbooks. 
you know, the what we used to, mm-hmm. the spell books, we used to call them cookbooks. You know, that was a lot of what we, what we read, that in theory. You know, there was a lot of Buckland, Patricia Crowther, Sibylique, uh, Doreen Valiente, you know, the classics, as we call them, Buckland, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, but it's, it's so great now that, you know, witches can write about all aspects of just being a human being and how it incorporates into your craft. So I'm just, I love that because there are things I have shelved for a very long time and now all these things are coming to the fore and it's like, no, you're a witch and here's, here's how it, because there's 9,000 self-help books. This is like, mm-hmm. for me, the self-help of the craft. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand what you mean. And it's so necessary. It's it's really necessary because a lot of the self-help books, you know, they go very 12-steppy and very Christo, uh, you know, Judeo-Christo themed. And it's like, what's, where's our stuff? Our folks need to write stuff about mental health. And I'm so glad that, you know, think, shadow work to me is mental health. That's, you know bringing yourself into alignment with who you want to be. You know, we deal with the light, we deal with the dark, and the dark is hard, but here, here are some tools to help you deal with it. And I just think it's so brilliant that you wrote this book, so I'm really grateful. Well, no, I I agree with you that shadow work is definitely a a huge part of of being mentally healthy and accepting all aspects of yourself and your experiences. And it can be really difficult though because such hard things come up. So I think it's important to um, also, if possible, have a support system. Just they don't even have to be other witchy people. Just someone who knows you and cares about you and knows what you're going through. Kind of like, you know, because traumatic yeah. stuff comes up. You know, and oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. yeah. I agree. And people, I don't know. I've seen it said um, just around social media and stuff like. Nobody should be doing shadow work without also having therapy. But I'm kind of like, do you know how expensive therapy is? Like, not everybody right. can have therapy. So um, I don't know. It's a it's a tough thing, but it it helps to just have like someone who who knows what you're going through, so that you're not totally alone. And I but I think that would be correct during any kind of you know digging into the self. I think any kind of self-examination like that where there's liable to be, you know, painful moments, I mean, we all need, we're all human. We all need a support system. So I think that applies across the board. But, you know, as you said, shadow work is, it's, it's difficult. And you may not want to just find, you know, aside from being expensive, therapists, are you know everybody's got a bias to a certain extent whether it's religiously or socioeconomically or whatever it is i think as long as you are trying to be your most authentic self in that regard and you're just really wanting to clear out some of your cobwebs as it were i think that's admirable you know um and everything isn't available i mean <laughs> I've been in therapy, you know, I went to therapy all through college because I had an abusive father. That didn't address a whole lot of shit, you know, shadow work is you dig a 
all that crap, everything that's in there, you know, and and you're doing it yourself. You're, it's get, it's about learning how to make yourself a more loving, better human being. I think that's to me that's what shadow work is, being more true and more real. And I think that's really going to be needed, especially now, you know, because we're all going through a really hard time. Some of us a lot harder than others. But yeah. this is when we get to try to build a new world again. Well, at least, that's my pie-in-the-sky thought about it. After this is over, if this ever ends, um, <laughs> I'm yeah, hoping I know. for a, a, a brighter future, as it were. Um so, you know, we've, we've got to come from a real place, I think, and, and I'm very appreciative to you for writing this book because it gives, a, it gives a lot of support. It gives a lot of potential guidelines. I mean, and I love in the book, you're, you don't say, this is what you do and that's it. It doesn't work that way. You give a lot of different aspects and things to try, and that's pretty amazing. And you said this is all from, from stuff you went through or your own personal notes. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. This is all based on my own inner work that I that I have done over the years and kind of experienced and come up with. So um, You've done yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> you, you well, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a solitary person as well, and, you know, I'm very introverted. I spend a lot of time by myself by choice. But, um, like, part of that, too, is I think when you're that kind of person, you tend to look inward maybe a little more than than is average. <laughs> so I think a lot of these things, I think it's just kind of came naturally to me to, to look inward and examine a lot of stuff and write it all out as I was doing it. And, um yeah, I mean, something that really does help when you're going through, like, shadow work and things is uh, to just write it all out. And if you want, you can throw it away after. No one ever has to see it. Just say whatever mm-hmm. horrible things you want to say. If you want to talk about, oh, I I hate this and I hate that and I'm angry and I'm, you want to say something that's really mean and terrible, go for it. Type it out. Say it. And then no one ever has to read it. Rip it up. Get it out of yourself and admit that to yourself, like, okay, I felt that thing. I'm not a terrible person. Nothing bad's going to happen. And, like, you know, work mm-hmm. through it. Yeah, I, um, I find a lot I don't of like people the idea. are so afraid to say certain things. It's like, but if you keep it bottled up, you're going to explode because you're so upset about it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been known to say, I mean, and I've said to my husband, I've said some really horrible shit, and I'm about to say some more really horrible shit and his answer to that is always no one's listening but me and you're completely safe it will never be repeated yeah that's Boom. great i love that yeah we need that even if and if you don't have someone else to say it to like get it out in another way write it down say it in a in a ritual or a working like just get it out those feelings need to be released yeah they do so, okay, let me ask you a question that I've not asked anyone else. Oh, my, so okay. you do some shadow Yeah. So you've done, sh- so you do shadow work, and mm-hmm. you feel as though you have gotten a whole bunch of poison out of your system. You feel yeah. like you have dealt with many different things, and then something happens, and all that comes flooding back in. 
did your shadow work not work, or is it just a continuous process? It's for sure a continuous process. Like, you can't, um, mm. I don't think you can, you know, get through it and it's gone. It disappears, you know. It's just not really, really damaging things or difficult things just aren't like that. But you may find the more you work on it and face it, it gets weaker, you know. Um, mm. Sort of, you know, facing the monster fearlessly. It might not kill it the first time, but it might weaken it. And over time, you become stronger and it becomes weaker. And the thing, the problem, the, the shadow issue might become less powerful over you. That's, that's my take on it. But, I mean, we're never going to escape it completely. There's always going to be something coming back or something, some kind of, you know, difficult thing happening. That's, but that's just life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and like, like everything's a cycle, right? It always comes back. Nothing disappears. Everything just it repeats. It's just like the moon and the seasons. So it may come back in a slightly different form. And then right. it will recede, you know, like it's just an ongoing process. And uh, until, you know, our physical form goes into the dark moon phase and transforms into our next life, you know, and that's the end of this part. But what's next, you know? And it yeah. could be said that these things continue for generations between, between, you know, family members and ancestors and things get handed down that yeah. way and continuously repeat. So it's kind of like a large, larger picture, if I'm explaining that well. I'm not sure if I am. Um, I think you are. I think what you're saying, it's kind of like the matter cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes form. Is that kind of yeah. what yeah. it is, where it's like it's not always going to be this, like if, it's, if something really hurts right now, it may not hurt as much. In a month, if you actually start dealing with it, you recognize it when it comes in, you use one of the exercises from your book um, or several of the exercises or methodologies from your book, you, you know, you recognize, you don't ignore it, though. I think the point is to not ignore the darkness, but to try to embrace it as, being part of you, therefore making you a whole person. And I think you have to have your shadow as far as long as you also have your light. I mean, you got to have both because, you know, for me as a witch, balance is everything, or at least I tried, I, and I'm a Libra, so I got that on top of it. So it's Libra, Libra, Libra. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We try to keep it in balance, but Libras are never in balance. That's the whole point. It's all about trying to achieve the balance. Yeah, <laughs> and for me, that's, yes. that's what shadow work is like. It's like trying to, you know, yes, it, it, if we could all be a hundred percent light and happy all the time, that'd be lovely. But you have to have the darkness to balance it out, and a lot of people don't want to deal with their darkness. So I think it's really cool that, and it's very fortuitous because no book is written like in three months and published. So you obviously, like, when did you when did you start working on this book? Oh, geez. Um, the whole process, I mean, when I started just writing about my own, like, feelings and journaling, that started, oh, I don't maybe in 2015. And then okay. over the course of a few years, it, it started to take form. Um, 
it was after a couple of years of, of that, like I said, I realized, okay, maybe, maybe I should do something with this. And so I, the whole process of writing the book took probably three years. And then another wow. year for it to come out in print, yeah. So it wasn't something that I was like, okay. oh, I'm going to write about this and write it all down and there we go, it's done. It was like, it was a long thing for me. <laughs> right. So. And isn't, I mean, and it's just, you know, I find it so fortuitous that it just happened to come out at the very, 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 very end of last year, beginning of this year. And then all the shit hit the fan. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's interesting, wow. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, seriously, it, shadow work has become such a theme this year, and I'm sure that none of you writers foresaw just how bad this would be and how necessary shadow work would be. Or did you? Did you have an inkling that this was the time to get it rolling so that it would be out now? I'd love to know that. Honestly, I didn't foresee this coming. I really didn't. I, I, I mean, my only thoughts in writing it were that this, you know, there, there's not that much accessible information on the topic. So I thought I would right. share it, you know what I mean? But no, I wasn't expecting anything like this. Maybe on some level, deep down I knew, but <laughs> not that I was aware of. I wasn't like, oh, this is, this is the time. So wow. it just... It just worked out. That was I uh, just, you know, synchronicity, I guess. Couldn't, yeah, I mean, that's pretty amazing because I don't think I don't think this book could have come out at a more perfect time. You know? Yeah, I think you're and, right. <laughs> it's like the gods knew, somebody knew, something in the universe knew and said, Kate, this is it. It has to be ready in time for what could be the end of everything. I mean, oh man, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. I, not the end of everything, but but I but you know you have to kind of see the amazing, the amazing kismet that happened. You know, you release this book and then like most everything goes to shit in the next couple of months. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is a little. Um... Honestly, it's a little overwhelming. I mean, even without the book, say the book didn't happen, just like the way that life has been. It's just like, whoa, it's apocalyptic. It's frightening. It's, I mean, we're all just like, what the hell is going to happen now? You know, it's, I don't know what's going to happen. Like you say is. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had any feelings about, or are you picking up anything about, the direction things might go in? Do you think things are going to get better or do you think they're going to get worse before they get better? Do you have any impressions? Uh, I, my personal opinion is that things are going to come in waves and, and like it'll feel like it's getting better in terms of like COVID and other things that are going on. Um, It'll come, it'll come in waves, sort of, until it's resolved. So I don't think, like, the world is ending or anything like that, but I, I think there's, like, it's time to deal with shit now as, like, humanity as a whole. It's like, this is, like, yeah. this is happening now, and it's, things are going to be resolved one way or another. <laughs> so there's, that's going to be a process that there's going to be unrest, I think, for 
a long time. It, it frightens me. I have a child, you know, what kind of world is, are we going to have, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like. I, I wish I could say like, Oh no, it'll all be fine, but maybe it won't. We don't, we don't know. Do you have a small but, child? If I can ask. Um, she's, she's 11. Okay. So, so she's, she's cognizant. It's not, she's not a baby. It must be very difficult to try to explain what's happening to someone, a person that age. Yeah, she, um, she, she, she knows what's going on, but she's kind of really, her, her interests are more like, because she is still a little, like, younger, she's kind of more concerned with, like, well, what am I going to do today? I'm going to entertain myself by doing this, this, and this, but she's definitely feeling, you know, like, I miss, I miss other people, I miss my friends, like, yeah, you know that, and that makes me feel sad. So yeah, you know, but I and and it's interesting because I, you know, I have adult children. My children are in their late twenties, early thirties. Um, you know, they're going through something that somebody at my age never had to go through. Will it? Will will things actually be easier because they are processing this information earlier? than later. You know what I mean? Like my whole life, the world has been, for the most part, a certain way. But here are these younger people now going through something we may not have really seen coming at all. And I wonder if they will, if that will make them more adaptable, better able to understand or persevere for that matter in a world that is changing a little faster and not necessarily for the better all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they will be um, more able to adapt to these sorts of things, sudden changes or things that, you know, we consider scary. Maybe for them they're going to be like, well, this is just part of life, and they'll be able to Mm -hmm. deal with it maybe better than us. Um, Just like, you know, the same way that children who are born into a world where technology is just part of their life, they pick it up as part of life, yeah. whatever, doesn't bother them. The same could be said for everything, negative and positive things. So yeah. something like, you know, all the things happening right now, they they will probably just adapt to it and not find it as emotionally um, difficult as, as maybe we do. Because they're like, yeah, yeah I've done this. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I'm, I have to hope for the resiliency of the youth for our future because – there's just so many things that that we never thought would need to be answered that are going to need to be answered. Like, you know, wait, listen, I never had food delivered in my life. I went to a grocery store every Saturday morning, you know. Now groceries get delivered. We don't go out in public very much. But I'm also amazed at how adaptable we've all become. Too, you know, it's like a lot mm-hmm. of things that I thought wouldn't, couldn't, you know, I couldn't even imagine them because I didn't know what a pandemic was coming. I had no idea. Um, it's it's interesting to me just how fast we can change certain things, like when we go out, if we go out, where we go out. The fact that dinner out doesn't happen anymore. That's something we used to do twice a week. So mm-hmm. you know, it's like so many things shifted, and now I'm used to this. And, you know, when people talk about, well, what about after this? And I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be an after this. That would be nice. 
but I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, you know? So maybe this is an adapt-or-die situation. But I did want to ask you a question about children since we brought children up. Do children have shadow work to do? Oh, um, I would like to say no. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I think that as children, they're, they're just learning about, like sometimes having difficult emotions, it's the first time they've had that feeling, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of yeah. times children in a healthy situation, they have that feeling, they give it the space it needs, whereas adults tamp it down. You know what I mean? That's why children are yes, like, I if a child do. is sad, they'll cry. Yeah, and if they're angry, they'll have a flip out. Um, Yeah. Whereas adults just have to hide all of our, we don't have to, but we often choose to hide our feelings. And then as children get older, they learn to do the same thing. And I mean, sure, nobody, we shouldn't be having tantrums as adults, but I feel like kids give space to their emotions and experience them and let them happen a lot more than adults do. So I would like to say that children don't have shadow work do I think it's something that happens as they get older interesting interesting you know because when you think about it generationally and that you actually you know I was having this conversation with somebody the other day it's like I didn't want to fuck up my children I didn't that was never my intention and I don't know if my parents intended to fuck me up I would think not but it happens and it's like as, as much as we try not to damage our kids as adults, somehow they wind up with something from us. Either they take one of our fears or they have, you know, problems in certain relationships. It just seems inescapable that some of the shadow shit we have from previous generations just continues on. I just find it fascinating because I agree with you. Absolutely, that makes perfect sense. Children actually let those emotions be expressed and they get them out. You know, sometimes it takes a minute. Sometimes it takes a half hour. Sometimes it takes a half hour plus sitting in the corner for another 20 minutes on timeout. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe as adults we just need more timeouts. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Maybe we just need time to reflect and turn inward and think more, you know, because our lives are so full of distractions and constant stress and go, 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 and it's frowned upon to even kind of take a moment for yourself and just chill and think about your life, you know. People are discouraged yeah. from doing that, and that's kind of part of the problem. But, um I do think also, like, uh, throughout each generation, things are passed down, definitely, like, um, problems that need to be resolved and aren't yet will manifest in the next generation, like, it's in your DNA, what what the people before you dealt with, their traumas are, like, passed down if they're not resolved, and um, not to say that that's their fault or something, but, like, that's kind of the larger picture of, uh, right. you know, traversing the shadow and coming at, like, solving issues and growing, you know, as, as, mm-hmm. as humans, yeah. as a group. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So um, maybe in that so respect, do you, children do. Sorry? Oh, no, I was just going to ask you. So do you think if we deal with some of our shadow stuff now, like, all right, so I have an adult child, but 
I'm still dealing with shadow stuff. So whatever has been transferred to him has been transferred, um, I assume. But if I deal with certain things now, does that mean that, like, maybe his child won't have to deal with it? That's possible. Or, like, you know, hmm. say, say, you know, trauma has been passed down generationally, very generationally to you, and you've processed mm-hmm. it some, and then you're, it's passed down some to your children, and they process it a little bit, and then the next generation comes along, and it sort of, each generation works on it, and it improves, and they carry on the work of the people before them, sort of, um, yeah. until it's resolved. So, you know, you doing your work on your stuff definitely matters and makes a difference to everyone yeah. who comes after you. Cool. Because I just, you know, I don't know, sometimes I don't know, okay, where where do I end and another generation starts if I've already given birth to another generation. I mean, I could twist myself in knots overthinking it to a certain degree because <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, he's already I know. born, so he's already got all the junk that I already came over here with from the previous thing, but maybe if I can help like talk to him when he's having a negative emotion about this particular thing, I can help him because I learned how to deal with it and maybe it won't go over into his DNA into the next person. Okay. See, I, I just can like talk myself into the deepest of holes as it were, but no, I, I think get it. you I have think to release you, um, the, like you can't control certain aspects of it. Right. I mean, there like nobody really right. knows the answer to like, how do I chart this out? who gets what sort of thing. We don't, we don't know. Like there's a sort of, um, you know, but like you said, you can break patterns that were, were damaging to you. And then in future generations, you break those patterns and you talk to the, your kids about what they feel and that sort of thing. Um, and that's part of healing uh, yourself as well, I think, is to, to break cycles in your own actions yeah. and behaviors. And that's really what I'm trying to work on because I've done some crazy shit. (laughs) And like I said, I mean, this has been, you know, and when things are dark, I mean, therefore shadow work, therefore that's the time. Although you don't have to wait for it to be the dark of the moon. Um, I think this book gives a, a comforting path to helping you work on your shit. So I really appreciate it. I really like the yeah, book. Yeah, like great. and yeah, you don't have to do things specifically on the dark moon. When it comes up, you you do it. Really. Yeah. The dark moon is I just mean, like. It's a tool. Almost. Yeah, and it's a it's a metaphor for for things going like as, the way that things cycle and begin and end and begin again. But also, um, I mean, certainly there's a different vibrational feeling during the dark moon that is conducive to certain working. But I mean don't wait for a certain moon phase to do something that needs to be done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I just, I just like, and you know, because again, we just went through a dark moon this week and I've been dealing with some stuff for the past number of years and months and most intensively in the past few months, it's just been in the past couple of months, it's been really intense for me. And uh, so, you know, you being on with me is just 
I can't tell you how grateful I am, but I am. And, you know, this is going to go a long way in getting a lot of my shit, helping me handle my shit is in essence what it is. And I think everybody has shit, so I think everyone actually needs this book. But I wanted to ask you a question about what do you think happens when we die? Do we do we come back with all the same stuff to work on it again, or is it a, a reincarnation, regeneration type of thing? What's your view on that? Well, I think that um, when we pass away, we are we rejoin sort of like a collective energy mass. I don't think we come back to Earth yep. as another human who's like I don't believe we're going to come back and be punished for something we did. And I also don't think we're going to come back as a person who, like I don't, I don't think that happens. I, I think that okay. we kind of collectively there's there's a massive energy that is humanity, and when you die, you go back to whatever that is, and it is a big mystery. I just have to kind of trust, but um, yeah. I, I feel as we leave this world, judging just from, you know, the patterns in nature, everything is this mm-hmm. cycle, like everything. So why would that be any different for, <clears throat> like, our our spirits or our souls, assuming you believe in a spirit or a soul? Some people don't, right? Um, right. So I feel like our souls do. do the same thing. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. it it's like you're punished or there's any of that idea of, like, Karma's gonna get you in your next life. Like I don't, I don't believe in that. I think we go on to something bigger, and something that we understand why we were here. And there's gonna be, like, I think uh-huh. a lot of people spend their entire life like, we don't know why. Why am I here? Why did these bad things happen to me? Why did these good things happen to me? What is the point of this? You know what I mean? And I right. think when you pass away, right. it all makes sense. And then you know, like every person is here for a reason. And we may not know what it is. Mm-hmm. You can kind of figure it out, maybe, but nobody can say for sure. But I think when we pass away, it all makes sense, and we're all part of something much bigger. We just don't know what it is. I like that. Yeah, it's you know, my mentor used to say, "We re- it's like a bucket of water, and when you pass, you go back into the bucket of water with all the other people who wind up in the bucket." And that's it. And I, I, and when, you know, my father died, I called it, he became part of the great knowledge. Like there's something out there that souls or what have you go to and it suddenly knows everything. So you kind of confirmed something that I always wanted to believe in. I'm glad I'm not the only person who believes that. It's kind of cool. I like the great knowledge. So, I like that, that term. That's nice. Yeah. That That's accurate. Yeah. To me, anyway. It's the, well, and it, but it, it speaks to exactly what you said about, the, you know, you suddenly know everything or your essence knows everything or whatever it is that goes somewhere goes there. You know what I mean? Where you suddenly know all the reasons why things happen. You know, it, it all becomes the great knowledge. You, it's the knowing of all things. So I'm, I'm excited that you said that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Well, um, is there anything that we have? We are down to like a couple of minutes. This has been great. Oh, wow. I really appreciate it. But is there anything that um, you wanted to talk about before we go? Um, 
Um, well, uh, nothing really specific. I think this has been a good talk. I've I've enjoyed this conversation. Um, well, I have too. I'm yeah, so glad you so, came um, on and spent some time with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Like we talked about earlier, I'm not that um, accustomed to talking in like a podcast form. So this this was nice and easy. <laughs> so that was good. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, you know what? I'm hoping you'll come back because I would like to talk to you again. Um, maybe when things have changed a little bit, which I think is going to be, I think things are going to change um, towards the end of the year and into next year. I think there's going to be other things going on. So we'd love to have you back on and, uh, I'm hoping you're open to that. Yeah, for sure. Just let me know anytime. I will. Okay. Thank you. All right, everybody. We are going to wrap. Uh, the book is Of Blood and Bones, Working with Shadow Magic of the Dark Moon. The writer is Kate Fruler, who is lovely and brilliant. And the foreword was written by our friend Matt Oren, who we also adore. So, Kate, Thank you so much. Oh, and folks, don't forget to check out Kate's Etsy store, White Moon Witchcraft on Etsy. Check it out. Some really cool amulets and stuff. Kate, thank you again. We will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you.